Hi, this is Kirk Reed. Bear with me as we need a little compliance disclosure. In our practice, we give financial advice to our clients. We know their financial situation in detail before doing so. That's generally not the case with callers we speak with on the show. We can't give truly meaningful financial advice because we don't know the detailed financial situation of the caller. After all, we just met. Any suggestions we make to callers are generic in nature and meant to steer a caller in the right direction. Callers should check with their own financial professionals before implementing any suggestions that we may make. At times on this show, we talk about investments and investment performance. Investment returns are not guaranteed, and past performance does not guarantee future results. And we're back. My name is Mike McNamara. You're listening to McNamara on Money, and today's subject is reverse mortgages. And my special guest is David Tortolot from Homestead Mortgage. Again, thanks for taking a Saturday morning to be here, David. My pleasure, Mike. Great to be with you. All right. So, folks, here are the folks who should give us a call sometime in the next half an hour. 781-837-4900, by the way, is the number. And so the deal is that if you're heading into retirement and it looks a little shaky, and or if you're in retirement and it feels a little shaky, and if you're thinking that at some point you might have to use the equity in your home to be okay, and there's lots of different ways to do that, folks, including downsizing, which doesn't really work. I can explain that. People always buy smaller, equally expensive homes, at least the ones that I know about. But anyway, if you're thinking about having to touch the equity in your home, I call it spend your home or part of it to be okay in retirement, then this is a show you should be listening to because a reverse mortgage mortgage is a wonderful tool for certain people in certain situations, and they're actually pretty cool. The, uh, The problem is they've had some stigma and some past blemishes, and the other problem problem is they're confusing. We're trying to we're trying to fix that right now. All right, David, where are we going from here? Let's a couple more stories, right? So we okay, already sure. talked about yeah. the client that yeah. wanted to use it as a retirement planning tool. Another way, and this isn't a story, but any anybody again, you said approaching retirement, yep. maybe not even on shaky ground, but they want to stay there long term. And let's just say they have their home free and clear. And you're living in your retirement home. And you're living in your, the intent today is that you're in your retirement home. We know things can change. We just talked about that offline. But the, the intent is to stay there. So it's worth learning about because you might find that having the reverse mortgage set up early in retirement and you live 25, 30 years, that line of credit is powerful. That growing line of credit. Okay. It's probably the only asset that you'll be able to set up that'll always be growing, that part of your equity. I'm not saying your home's always gonna grow in value, but it goes up and down. But when you set up a reverse mortgage at that time, you're essentially hedging a portion of your home's equity in a line of credit that can only grow. If you spend from it, you reduce the balance. But I'm saying whatever the balance is, it can only grow. And that's because you're aging in the home's eventual appreciation. That's why HUD set it up that way. Let me try to put a number on that, folks. Pretend that you opened up a reverse mortgage for $300,000 and didn't spend it. It's 62, yeah, and here we and, are, now you're 80. Yeah, and now you're 80, and you're either concerned about money or you need to use it. That might be a $500,000 line of credit. It sounds kind of weird, but imagine owning a home equity line of credit that just gets bigger every year. It gets bigger every year. You don't need to understand why. All you need to understand is it gets bigger every year, and uh, that buys you some protection against inflation and or future things you don't know about that might be bad from a financial point of view. And, and Mike, you probably have people that come to you frequently and say, Mike, we need $20,000 for a new car. Mike, we need $20,000 for a generator. We need $20,000 for fix the house up. Yep. This gives them a new bucket where you can say, do we take the 20 from the portfolio? Because we're really going to need to take about 25 to 28 to get the 20. Or do we just go to the line of credit? If we're going to put a roof on the house, why not take it out 
the net money, it's, it's not taxable. Yeah. So you could take 20 out for the roof instead of 28 from your portfolio. Yeah. You're not going to be taxed on this. So it just gives you a financial plan or another bucket to say, I don't think it's advisable to take it out of the portfolio. Let's go to the reverse mortgage line of credit. But there might be times where you say, let's not go to the reverse mortgage line of credit. Let's go to the portfolio. Yeah, but I, if it's not there, yeah. you don't have that option. Yeah. To, to that point, as an example, if somebody has a, ne- a nest egg and they're withdrawing money from it at Two percent, yeah, and they needed twenty thousand. We could probably find that for that person, and that wouldn't impact the right. withdrawal rate. Right. If you're already taking seven or eight percent out of your portfolio, and you need to take another twenty, less seven or eight might be going to eight or nine or ten. And right. the point is, if you're withdrawing money at eight or nine or ten, it disappears right. sooner or later. But just gives them sending it, looking into it early. I would just say, to, yeah. don't have to do it. But I would say, people sixty-two and older that intend on staying in that house long term, get educated. Get yeah. educated by a local yep. certified professional. I just teach people on the pros and the cons, the other alternatives, and provide them with information. They get back to me. They get back to me if they don't. But at least they took the time to, to learn about it. So yeah. if you're not under the gun to make a decision and all of a sudden I, or I have to go look for a reverse mortgage, it's much better to be educated about it, think right. about it. And as Joanne did a little while ago with a call, she's seven years down the line and she's right. thinking about this. So good right. for her. Good so for her. A, another story, most of when people call me, I always ask the question, why are you looking into a reverse? It's important for me to know the answer to that question because I need to know what they're trying to fix. Yeah. So in most cases today, just based on what's going on with inflation, most people say to me, with inflation and I'm on fixed income, it's wreaking havoc on our fixed income and we're just looking for ways to make up that difference. And I say, okay, thanks for letting me know that. So a reverse mortgage can help out in a couple of different ways. If someone's feeling that pressure because of inflation and their income is not going up. Well, if number one, if they have a mortgage right now and they're having to make that payment, they could switch it into reverse and relieve themselves of that payment. That could help combat the effects of inflation. Make your mortgage go away. Yeah. The other way is if they have no mortgages. Make your mortgage payment go away. Right, payment go away. Yes. And uh, if they don't have any mortgages and they just simply are feeling the pressure, even being mortgage-free, Mike, as we know, isn't, you're not on easy street. My house is paid for. I'm in great shape. Yeah, but if you're pinching (laughs) pennies on the other side, maybe you're... So you could set up a large line of credit and make up the difference that you're feeling by withdrawing a monthly payment from the line of credit. So in other words, if the Delta now from inflation is $1,300 a year ago- By the way, folks, the Delta means you're in the hole by $1,300, bucks. Right. okay? Yeah, if you're in the hole by $1,300 <laughs> and you have this in place, you could make yeah. it up by borrowing it from the reverse mortgage. Yeah. So that's just another thing that I'm hearing from people. Another, let's talk about this, Mike. So we're in a rising interest rate. And so there's a couple ways that impacts people that are applying for reverse mortgages now as opposed to a year ago. Okay. A year ago, the rates were at an all-time low. And our adjustable rate that we use is off the, it's a monthly adjusting rate off the constant maturity, uh, maturing treasury index. So not that people care about that, but it's that- It's a number they use, folks. It's a number they use. And yeah. so that that rate back a year ago is about all in effectively about 3%. Okay. Today it's about seven to seven and a half percent, 4% yep. increase, four and a half percent. So what happens when you apply for reverse mortgage and that rate at that time you're taking it out is 3%. And let's say you own a home that's worth say 600,000 and you're 62, you could borrow about 300,000. Okay, if you call me today and you said, hey, we spoke a year ago when rates were 3%, how am I impacted today? Sue. Susie, the interest rates are seven and a half percent today, so that three hundred thousand is now two hundred and ten thousand. Yeah. So okay. you lost ninety. And that's just because it's a present value calculation. So if rates are going up, then the amount you can borrow goes down. 
And the reverse is true. If someone calls me today and they can borrow only 210 because the rate's higher, they call me back in a year and the rates are back down to three, they can borrow 300. So it moves up and down as the rates go up or down. So it impacts folks that maybe have mortgage balances that were trying to pay off and they were close to that 50%, just like Joanne. Yeah, yeah, okay. But it actually... It sounds counterintuitive, but higher interest rates are good for folks that don't have any mortgages on their property that are just wanting to set up a line of credit for just in case or emergency use. Because the ceiling is growing, basically. Because we got a 7.5% growth rate on a line of credit that's not borrowed. So it's just growing behind the scenes. So it sounds counterintuitive, Mike, but that is more advantageous for folks that don't have liens on their house that are just looking to set it up as a line of credit. Yeah, so the bottom line is that today there are less folks that could qualify for one of these based on the size of their mortgage relative to yeah, their equity. Yeah, because of the rate increase, yeah, yeah, 4%. Okay. It's yeah. knocked a lot of folks out, unfortunately, that were trying to pay off their mortgages. And just as an example, I'm finding people at twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 short now. And last year, they were 20000 30000 oh, wow. extra money for a line of credit. Okay, it's okay. not their fault. Yeah, it's no, just a matter of timing. They, they just have to deal with it. It's timing. But yeah. rates will come back down again. They always go up and they always go down. So yeah, it's well, just but, a matter of... But Joanne, who called, she, she was going to try to time it so she could get there. But yeah. hopefully, she can put a few extra bucks against the principal. And she's working on that, basically. Yeah. And that's yeah. what you need to do. Okay. And then the other yeah. thing, too, I have a whole bunch of clients that when rates drop down and they're only 20,000 short, I'll call them yeah. right away and say, hey, now you're 10,000 positive. Yeah. So we apply now, we can accomplish that. So if they move yeah. down, just that will not have them have to have them go get their money yeah. out of their portfolio to pay down the balance. Yeah. Or, yeah, I have so a, everybody's different. Yeah. I have a story to go with that too. There is a wonderful couple I've known for a long time that about five or six years ago, I said, you really should think about a reverse mortgage. And I've had that discussion with them and it's becoming progressively more important that they do. Well, they're doing one, but if they had done one and even not used it five or six years ago, they'd be in a whole lot better place than right. they are today, given the circumstances. Because the five or six years yeah. worth of growth they yeah. would have experienced, yeah. and they didn't yeah. use it. But yeah. now, instead yeah. of being 350, it'd be 450 yeah. or something Yeah, and I think like the, the moral of that story is that most of the time, folks need to start, they start planning when there's an imminent problem, okay, that, that, that approaches, but there are not, there are a lot of problems that aren't imminent that are slowly right. unfolding over time. And, and unfortunately, if you paid more attention and thought about that, everybody I'm speaking about, a little advanced planning never hurt anybody. And it's certainly costing folks in the last few years. Yeah. With reverse mortgage. Unfortunately. Yeah, really. Yeah. It's unfortunate that some people who probably need it more than others are probably out of that box now. For now. Right. Yeah, yeah, until yeah. rates go back down again. Yeah. Who knows when that's going to be? Yeah. We don't know that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I mean, that that's the common theme right now is people, and people that are especially on fixed income. Yeah. That's fixed. Yeah. So when the cost of everything that they've been buying with that fixed income goes up, it starts to wreak havoc on that income. So they're just looking for different ways to help offset that. A reverse mortgage is a great tool to help combat inflationary Yeah, a a long time ago, if you were 80 or 85 years old, you could have borrowed a pretty significant portion of them. What was the highest number you saw? They changed, so HUD changed these, they call them principal limit factors, just a percentage of the value based on your age. So back when I started in 2005, you'd get up to 75%. I I, I think I remember some numbers about that. 75% if you were 85 or older. Yeah, right. And that, yeah, sure, that made sense. And then then where I told you earlier that 
the fund that the insurance money that everybody pays 2% of their appraised value into this fund, they were paying out more claims than money coming into the fund yeah. due to, it was part of the tweaking of the product. Yeah. You know, HUD said, geez, what's going on here? We they, thought we had it. They underestimated. So they said, yeah. let's shave that 75 down to 68. Yeah. Okay. And then rates also will shave it. Yeah, thereafter, okay. just by default. Yeah, so they've got smart on how much of a percentage they should borrow yep. anyway, and then rates moved the wrong way and made it and worse. It made it worse, exactly. Yeah, got it, okay. So trying that, to that's t- some talk background, about that folks, simply. That basically, the macroeconomic point is try to plan as early as you can for stuff, even if right. you don't think it's a problem yet. And HUD always makes changes to this product. I would say when I get in the business and... 2005, I think, was the first reverse mortgage I originated. Back then things were, the guidelines were a little bit more loose where you only needed to be 62 or older and have equity in your house, somewhere between 50 and 60% equity in the house. Today, after about 2015, HUD now requires us to look at income and credit history. We don't look at credit score. We look at credit history okay. because what was happening, Mike, prior to, say, 2015, if you're 62 and older and have equity, you can take a reverse mortgage out. But if that person's income is only $700, like a stay-at-home mom getting Social Security, yeah, they yeah. got a reverse mortgage back then. They're going to burn through that reverse yeah, mortgage, right? Yeah. They were going through that quickly. Then they still had the reverse mortgage. Didn't have to sell the house or move out. Yeah. You just were out of the money yeah. for the reverse mortgage. But now... They weren't covering their property charge costs with the $700 a month check. Oh, okay. So they're they, falling behind and going into default with property taxes uh, and insurance. Okay. So the lenders, HUD made the lenders pay those bills because they couldn't have homes that had reverse mortgages on and be in default. Okay. They weren't, they, nobody was monitoring the situation right. for quality, basically. So they had okay. to pay the bills and then work out payment plans with the borrower. Okay. And so... Uh, 2015, <clears throat> HUD put that together. Ugly. Yeah. Okay. HUD said, "This uh, is the new change. You have to have at least enough income coming into the household to cover your property charges, meaning your property taxes, homeowners insurance, and then there's a utility formula for water yeah. bills and stuff like that." Yeah. Okay. It's not a hard test to pass. It's yeah. not the same as a regular mortgage. What they divide your income into your mortgage payment, a debt to income ratio, they call it. Yeah. It's not like that. It's an easy test to pass, but it just was put in place because if you don't pass at least that income test, then a reverse mortgage isn't going to serve you long-term and it's not yeah, the right option. You're going to run out of money and be in a, yeah. you didn't solve your problem. You just delayed You it. did a temporary, you put and a Band-Aid on the and problem. And it got worse. Right. Yeah. And then okay. the other thing is we do look at credit history now. We just look at a two-year window. Yeah. So if someone's got delinquencies on property taxes or some 30-day or 60-day lates on credit cards or an auto loan, if they have a legitimate excuse, like a diagnosis of a sickness or something that just happened during that time on their credit report, we can overlook that. That's called an extenuating circumstance. If it's just due to irresponsibility with finances and paying things on time, what we do now to protect the senior is we take some of their money that they qualify for, they put it in what's called a set-aside account, and then the lender pays the taxes and insurance out of that set-aside account oh, wow. for them. So that's part of the loan process. Yeah. Oh, no so okay. they don't decline them of getting a reverse mortgage because they have bad credit history. They yeah. say, we'll do it. But instead of you getting a $300,000 line of credit, you're going to get a $225,000 line of credit. We're taking seventy-five dollars and pushing it aside. And we'll pay the quarterly tax bills and the homeowner's insurance out of that account 
when they become due. If and when it's necessary. On your behalf. Yeah, okay. Because they're That's so close to yeah. that. Yeah. So that was just put in place in 15, too. Since about 2015, Mike, I think HUD and FHA have really shored this loan up, okay. safeguarded it to the nth degree. Okay. How, do they monitor that after the fact, though? They I, do. How, so how does that work? So even my lender, Chase, yeah. every lender looks at and makes sure we pay taxes and insurance. Mine are escrowed. Yeah. So that's why they like to pay them for you. But So they, they escrow the taxes. They, 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 they don't wait till there's a problem. They pay them regularly anyway. Yeah, so they right. pay them oh, wow. on their behalf because oh, wow. they see that there was a problem okay. uh, with their credit history. Okay. And, and then people can opt for it too. If people have excellent credit yeah. and they're, they're able to get a three or $400,000 line of credit and they say, I would like to not have to pay my taxes and insurance out of my social security and pension and come out of my checking account every okay. month. Just push 80,000 aside. I'm fine with 320 yeah. instead of 400. Yeah, I see. Okay. And you guys pay my property yeah. taxes, okay. so I'm not cutting the checks. Yeah. It just takes the responsibility. They're paying well, it, you, but the you, house is paying it. As you get older, you might miss a payment or mess up right. a check or whatever. So, so they can okay. opt to do that now, and that was put in place around 2015. Wow. So, okay. yeah, that's, that's a great addition. And basically what it is, by default, underwriting is the same nationwide for that. It's called financial assessment. If someone doesn't get through that, income and credit history. Reverse mortgage was not the right option anyways. Okay. But prior to 15, they could get one. Okay. And then it caused problems with defaults on taxes and insurance, about 10% actually. Wow. The people that took them out wow. were in default on their taxes and insurance. Wow. And so HUD had to fix that problem. So, how, But how about a home upkeep and maintenance and repairs? Is that, how, is that monitored or not? Or not really. You can't do everything. But no. Yeah, okay. What happens is when you do a reverse mortgage, you get a monthly statement every month and you get a draw request form if you have a line of credit set up to take money from it. Okay. Or you can do it online. Yeah. Annually, the lender's gonna send every reverse mortgage borrower a piece of paper that says, sign this and send it back and let us know you still live there. Okay. It's an occupancy certificate. Okay. If for some reason, Mike, that's not responded to or doesn't come back, that might raise a red flag and the lender might say, can someone take a drive by the property? Got it. Because we're not, and usually there's an alternative contact on file too, like one of the children sure. or a friend. If that person's not responding, maybe they passed away yep. in the house then they'll reach out to the alternative contact. But it would take something like that to trigger them to start looking into, is the property upkeep up to par? Okay. But no one drives by annually and says, oh, the grass looks great and yeah. the house is painted. And it's just if something goes well, people, sideways. People take care of that hopefully on their own anyway because yeah. it's their place. Basically. Yeah, they don't have yeah. to keep it. When I say maintain the home, just do exactly what you're doing now. Anybody who lives in a home maintains it because you got to live there. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't have to be perfect. You okay. don't have to have brand new kitchens and bathrooms. It's just everything has to be habitable. Okay. And, but taxes and insurance, if, they're, if the lender's not paying that, they do monitor that to make okay. sure they are paying the yeah, taxes and insurance be because of the okay. age group. Yeah. They okay. just, if you get older, sure. you yeah. can forget a payment. Yeah. So they're yeah. always watching for that. Okay. So. so we're coming up on a break. So after the break, can we talk about maybe some, some the two or three ways that you can get money? Yes. And, and maybe have a specific example of dollars. So yeah. if we just get an idea, absolutely. if I took the lump or if I took or whatever, that'd be helpful. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, I think we're coming up on a break, but we have, uh, okay, we have open lines. That's another way of saying we'd like to have a caller sometime. If you have a reverse mortgage question, 781 837 
4900 Okay, so the short story, folks, is that if you qualify for a reverse mortgage, you can take a lump sum all at once and completely exhaust it if you want, or you can take a lump sum now and a lump sum later, so there's no rules about that. Yep. Or they could make an arrangement where you can take a guaranteed income check for as, you know, for as long as you live. I assume yep. they do a mortality. As long thing. as you're living in the house. Yeah, so as long as you're living in the house, you can get a check every month, yep. okay? And or they can just give you a checkbook like your home equity line of credit, and you could write checks as you need it. Those are the basic. Yeah, we'll talk about the checkbook thing. That's on yeah. a home equity line. They don't do that. They do a uh, form in the mail, oh, or you can oh, do it online, oh, but we'll, we'll touch on it's that. It's like a checkbook. Same a little, thing. A little more difficulty yeah. then. Okay, got it. All right, folks. There's an extra step. We'll be right back. This is Mike McNamara. If you're looking for a financial advisor, start by asking him or her three questions. Number one, are you a certified financial planner practitioner? Number two, are you legally held to a fiduciary standard of care for your clients? And number three, do you only give financial advice and not sell investment products? These are all simple yes-no questions. If he or she doesn't answer yes quickly and starts talking, that's a no, and it's time to move on to another advisor. We're back. My name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money, and we're talking reverse mortgages all about today with David Tortolot from Homestead Mortgage. And we're in the final stretch of our morning here. If you have a question that's been bugging you, we'd love to hear from you. Our telephone number, 781-837-4900. And again, if you're entering retirement and you think it's a little shaky... Or if you're in retirement and, and it's getting a little shaky, maybe you're at the point where you're trying to figure out how to use the equity in your home. And there are several ways to do that. And one of them, not appropriate for everybody all the time, but quite appropriate for lots of people in specific situations, is a reverse mortgage. So that's why we're talking about it, folks. They, are, they have a little blight due to some bad stuff that happened in the past, and they are confusing. So those are two strikes against you if you're trying to get the word out to folks, which is why we're sitting here trying to do this in English. Okay, what do you got there? We're going to talk about how, like some examples maybe of people getting a mortgage and how it works. Yeah, okay? yeah. Take it away. So All right. let's take an example. Let's take a 70-year-old couple owns a $600,000 home. And so they'd be They're able to... 70 with 600. Okay, get, yep. 600, gotcha. no mortgages on the property. Got it. So let's just, let's use round numbers. Let's say they can access about 300 through a reverse mortgage, yeah, it, 50%. And it's tough to do numbers on the radio, so round numbers are yep. good. Okay, 300,000. 300 is the, what they can qualify for. Yep. They have no mortgages. They're just looking for ways to help combat inflation, boost their monthly income. So they say, Dave, how, all right, so I got $300,000 to work with of equity through a reverse mortgage. How can I get the money? And so the way they can take the money is a couple of different ways. They cannot take anything and leave it all in the line of credit. Just let it grow and just go at it as they need it. They can take any amount, any time. I need a car. You, yeah. But it's not a checkbook. You just fill out a form, say, right. send me money for my car. Next option is they can say, they can take what's called a tenure payment, T-E-N-U-R-E. So tenure means in our world is that's, that would be the smallest amount you could get from that $300,000 bucket. Okay. Based on life expectancy. your lifetime. Okay. But as long as you're living in the house yeah. and it's HECM eligible, meaning you're paying your taxes and insurance, yeah. let's just say for 300000 maybe they could get an $1,800 a month 10-year payment. Okay. So the bet is, hey, instead of $300,000, we will send you $1,800 a month guaranteed for the rest of both of your lives. For as long as you're living in the house. Yeah, as long as you're living in, in the, the house. house. Keeping it up and paying your taxes. Right. Okay. Exactly. Got so it. that's All called right. tenure. That's just one way. Yeah. Another way is you can pick a payment. 
So you can say it's not enough. I'd like to, we really need 2,900, yeah. Dave. I say, all right. So then what we do is we use our software where I put 2,900 against 300. Yeah. It says that'll last for 16 years and two months. And they both say, okay, well, that's the way it is. We'll make that bet. Basically. Right, we'll yeah. make that bet. Yeah. So they can take, that's called a term payment. You pick the payment, but the bucket runs out okay. because you're picking a higher payment. The 10-year... Like an annuity payment, basically. Right. Based right. on your life, an IRA payment. Got it. Or right. they can say, hey, how about just taking the 10-year payment... 1900 I'm sorry, a term payment, yeah. and having some line of credit too, like a little emergency reserve account. So with a $50,000 line of credit from this 300000 yeah, and the rest be a term payment. All right. So instead of taking 800 maybe I, 1800 maybe I take 1200 a month. Yeah. I need $1,000 a month, yep. and then I'll, and beyond that, I got a little reserve over here. Exactly. Got it. And so okay. if I needed yeah. to go, okay. my, my water heater broke, I have yeah. lump sum money to tap into okay. as well. Yeah. So you can combine a, combo. a payment with a line of credit, just line of credit, just tenure, tenure and a line of credit, yeah. term and a line of credit. Yeah. So it, you can, and you can change that going forward too. Yeah. There's a $20 charge to change it from, say, a tenure payment to say, I don't want the payment anymore. I just hit the lottery. Just put it all in the line of credit and let it sit there. Yeah. Okay. I may never touch it again, but so that's the different ways you can take the money. But lumps, lump summing too, is just, you could take money at closing. So usually people will say, Hey David, can I take 25,000 right away at closing from my line of credit? Because I have a place for it to go. I'm, I got the renovations going on in the house and such. So you can lump sum the money right okay. away. Yep. You can lump sum it from the line of credit. It's your money, essentially. So yep. you can take it the way you want it. And they okay. make it flexible to change it. Just do a term. You can change the term payment if you don't like it to be 2900 You can change it to two grand. But each time you change it, they'll charge $20. So Are some more popular than others? Mainly what I do, I would say probably 99% of the way I structure it. Yeah is just do it, just set up on the line of credit. Yeah. People are perfectly capable of pulling out that form I showed you, the yep. draw form, just yep. filling it out and requesting the money. Okay. I like that because a lot of times, one time I did a payment way, way back and the, my clients call me often just to chit chat sometimes and this client called and said, hey David, this feels great. I have 24,000 in my checking account now. Those payments keep building up. And I said, you don't have a place to spend it. So why have it there? Because it's deferring interest. Why not just leave it in the line of credit and take the money as you need it? You could take money annually out of the line of credit, monthly, quarterly. Sure, yeah. You don't have to take it every month. Yep. So just do it twice a year. If you figure your delta's 10000 bucks a year, take 5000 in January, 5000 in June see or how, more. See how it goes. Yeah, see how it goes. All right. So the payment thing is people get used to that payment, Mike, and that payment's borrowed money. Yep. It's mortgage money, right? So yep. you don't have to make a payment, but... I think the most responsible way to utilize a reverse mortgage and have a larger legacy of that equity being passed on to the estate is leave it in the line of credit and just take it when you need it yep. for a purpose. So you're taking the money, giving the bathroom guy 10 grand to replace the bathroom and leaving the rest alone. Don't let it build up in one of your accounts because if it's sitting there, you're deferring interest on it on your monthly statement. You sound so. like a financial advisor to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, so, just math, common sense. Just math, exactly. So yeah. I'm always trying to do what's in the best interest yeah. of my clients. So I'm trying to say... Good way to I, run a business, by the way. It, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you, 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 you've got it over there, but the market potential of this product, yep. reverse mortgages, with $11.58 trillion, Yeah. And just take a guess. How many people do you think, if you had to take a guess nationwide, yeah. since 1989, when this product 
from HUD was released yeah. have taken out a reverse mortgage. It's, I read the number and oh. I thought it's so small I can't I can't believe it. 1.3 million. 1.3 million. Uh, 35 since, years. Since 1989 basically. In 1989. And that's because of the misconceptions. Yeah. And yeah. so if everyone knew what I knew, that would yeah. be a larger number. Yeah, I, I, un- I Unfortunately. Yeah, I agree, I agree. And, uh, but no, I, this is all I do for a living. I'm yeah. passionate about it. I yeah. have full faith and belief in this product. Not for, again, not for everybody, it's yep. circumstantial, but yep. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times it's just changed people's lives. Yeah. They've been able to stay in the house the rest of their life. That extra 300,000, if they're 80, was the lifeline to stay there, not have to sell and go into yeah. senior housing or yeah. something like that. Yeah, I was astounded at that number when I read the outline. 1.3 million. You know, that since in 35 years with a country with 350 odd million people. I and you got 11.58 trillion. Yeah, yeah. So and they, a, a lot of those people yeah. have challenges right now financially. Yeah. And I'm not saying this is always the way to go fix that. There yeah. might be other ways, no, but understand. Yeah. if they think if they all got educated on what it is, you'd see that 1.3 million double in two years probably. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, uh, we have, uh, we, the folks we work with are motivated, but things happen and sometimes you just don't have enough money right. sort of a thing. And so we've had occasion over the years to recommend this to folks. And the good part is financial advisors, we can crunch some numbers and put it in our financial plan and show them, hey, if you, you're going to be okay if you do it this way. And right. that's, yeah, your, your kids might not get as much money, but you get to live your life the way that you want or however that works. How about uh, So how about the meetings that you have with these folks? And uh, they're required to have a counselor by federal law, basically. And then do these folks, do they talk with their kids about this too? So those are a couple of questions. Take them any way you want. Yeah. In most cases, if I'm usually sitting down with the parents and the kids. Okay. In most cases. Oh, good. The whole family's there. Okay. Because it's good to get everybody on the same page. If I sit down with the parents and they go back and disseminate the information to the kid. It gets gets lost lost. in the shuffle. Absolutely, yeah. So if the kids are there, it kind of reinforces for the parents how they're thinking. In most cases, when I sit down with families, the kids are like, oh, I didn't realize the bank didn't own the house. This is getting a little bit better than I thought. Or, and by the end of it, just to make a long story short, is usually the kids will say, this is a great option, mom and or dad. And and they'll say something like, listen, this is your house. It's not ours. I know you want to leave it behind for us, but we have our own house. We all have our house. We're probably just going to sell you as and net out the money if there's any left. So we would be more comfortable with you doing this. In some cases, they'll say, because I just that, paid your last tax bill to the town of Marshville. Then moving in with us, right. losing your independence, right. things like you that. You spend yeah. your equity. If I right. get less or nothing, yeah. I'm fine with that. You put me through college. You yeah. raised me. You, you've done everything you need to do thank for you, me. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And so once the parents hear that, it just, you can just see the yeah. pressure come off. All right, well, my kids just told us verbatim. They're yeah. fine. That's a, you know it and I know it. That's a significant, geez, I won't be able to leave my kids any money. I messed up my life or something. Right. The number of folks I know that are pinching pennies on their lifestyle now to leave more for their kids. So, well, it's a parent thing, but financially speaking, it could be troublesome for a lot right. of folks. And I've things. been doing this long enough yeah. now, Mike, yeah. unfortunately, some of my clients have passed away yeah. years ago. So yeah. Yeah. I can tell you that most, in most cases, there's money left. Yeah. And yeah. if there's money left, there's a motivating factor. Let's yeah. get this thing sold and get the cash. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen in cases two weeks after the services, there's a for sale sign out in the front yard. Yeah. That's not saying, hey, I'm glad they died. I'm just saying there's yeah. money here. Let's get it sold and get the money and use it for what we want. Yeah. Our kids' education or whatever the case may be. So the kids don't want the house. They want the money in the house yep. if there's money left. But yep. they don't even want the money. It's not a requirement for you to be their parents. They want you to be happy. Most kids want their parents to be happy. 
yeah. in retirement. So if it means utilizing the wealth in their house through a reverse mortgage, they're fine with that. Yeah, it's just such an awkward, yeah. pain, t- painful decision. They feel humiliated by it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, it's I, humiliation I, I, factor. I, I'm financially messed up. My, I, my life, I haven't done whatever I'm supposed to be. I'm embarrassed about this, and they don't want to deal with that. And that's, yeah, that, that's probably the main reason. They just, it's, yeah, yeah. You, you're right. You're, they're it's humiliated, an emotional, they're embarrassed, they feel badly. Cow. Oh, I wanted to leave something for my kids, and, and that's a perfectly natural parental thing. It may not be financially the best thing in the world right. by any stretch, and that, that's a tough place to be. It it's really an emotional is. decision, yeah, and I yeah, get that. Yeah, that's why I'm very yeah. sensitive to that when I'm there. I'm just more of a neutral educator, and yeah. I just let that go with the flow, go through all the pros and the cons. Here's the costs. And they understand it. If you have questions, call me. And if you want to proceed forward, I can help you with that. So how does the counselor work? So people are required. You're the sales guy. You'd probably push something on them they didn't need. And the government's worried about that, yeah, basically. that's exactly the philosophy uh, uh, behind it, They're worried about right? abuse, basically. So yeah. when I okay. sit down with the family and let's just say, you say, David, I want to get going today. Let's get going on this. We can't. Yeah. Because HUD puts this roadblock in front of us. It says, before you proceed with David, because he does this for a living, yeah. this is his job, he yeah. supports his wife and daughter. And, yeah. and so you need to, and everybody who does a reverse mortgage, get on the phone or go in person with a neutral third-party person who's been trained by HUD and certified to counsel on reverse mortgages. They don't originate them. Yeah. They're just big counseling agencies that also get certified to counsel on reverse mortgages for HUD. So they get on the phone with this person. They're neutral. They're not selling it. They're just going through what HUD wants them to talk about. Yeah. And then once they go through that, they've heard it from someone neutral and unbiased, then they can come back to me and we can go forward with the process. Yeah. So the counseling is the first mandatory step. Yeah. And everyone receives a certificate after that counseling session stating they've completed that. That's really the ticket to now sign an application, yeah. have the appraisal done, do the closing, have it go into the lender, have it underwritten, and so on and so forth. Okay. We can talk all day about it. We yep. can meet several times. But when you say I'm ready to move forward, I have to give them a list of HUD-approved agencies, and I can't steer them to one. I have to say, here's a list of mass agencies. Call one of your choice and schedule your phone counseling. These are actually like counselors on aging would be? Uh, how, no, like, who are these people? Where, where so they you've heard of credit counseling agencies, bankruptcy counseling agencies. Yep. They're big businesses. They do all kinds of dis- different counseling. Okay. There's usually a couple people in there that do the reverse mortgage counseling. Got it. So they're okay. businesses that do various counseling okay. for uh, various topics, bankruptcy, okay. credit counseling. And their job is to explain. Explain. Basically. They have a script in front of them. Okay. And they go through this format. And they all do it pretty much the same. And it's about an hour to an hour and a half, depending oh, oh, on the oh, questions. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, it's okay. pretty thorough. This is the phone call. This okay. is the phone call. Yeah. If they choose to go in person, they can do that too. So once they do that, then we reconvene. They call me and say, hey, Dave, I've completed the counseling. What's the next step? And that's us reconvening for signing the application documents, just like any other mortgage. You sign paperwork yeah. initially. Then we order the appraisal. An FHA certified appraiser comes out to the property, looks around, makes sure it meets property standards. That's a key thing. Not every, If someone has plenty of equity, but the home's in disrepair, and yeah. there are things that may need to be fixed before the loan can close, might be safety-related or structural problems, those types of things, HUD requires those to be addressed before. So that's why it's important to work with someone local and certified when I go out to the house and we go through the meeting, I say, hey, can we take a quick walk around? Because I might see something that I know the appraiser will find. Okay. And I don't want you to move forward with the counseling 
and spend the money for that because that's an out-of-pocket fee of about $175. Yeah. Then the appraisal to only find out that one-inch crack in your foundation needs to be fixed before the loan closes. And if you don't have the resources to, to do it, then the loan dies. I don't want to bring you down that path. I want you to know about this in advance. I'm going to interject another counselor in the middle of that equation. Folks, as a certified financial planners, we get involved in the process with David and our clients. And hope, hopefully, besides David and besides a government-hired counselor, you're working with a financial advisor that's preferably a certified financial planner. We, for, for, first of all, the folks that look like they have some difficulty we know about that because we've done some pretty sophisticated planning and number crunching and said somewhere down the line this is probably what's going to have to happen the thing you i hope that you have a financial advisor that you could run this by and say what do you think okay and hopefully that financial advisor certified financial planner like we have software and a few miles on us in terms of you know how these things work folks yep. we've literally we've gone through that process a number of times with our clients that we've referred to david and they just feel that much better about yeah. it once they're looking at it and there's three people across the table from me that this just makes sense. This yeah. is how it works and you need to do it. Right. There's thing. only so many yeah. ways, right? You have a house. Yeah. It's got equity in it. So yeah. there's only a few ways to get the equity out if yeah. that's the tool you're looking to solve the problem. Yeah. One is sell. Yep. So if someone says, I don't want to sell, all right, well, that's not an option. Yep. The next one is apply for a home equity line or a traditional mortgage and those might be better options. Yep. But what's your income? What's your credit? Is it... Is it a good idea to have a mortgage payment in retirement now, or isn't it? Do you have the financial resources to cover a mortgage payment? No, I don't. Okay, that's not an option. And then doing nothing's an option, but doing nothing isn't gonna solve anything. Maybe there's a wealthy family member that might be able to pay all your bills. And you just kind of walk through this. And then if you end up at the reverse mortgage, it's probably the best option mathematically, but then you're pulling the emotion into it now. Do I wanna pull the trigger on that? And I've had many cases where, me and the family have agreed that it's the best option and they still never move forward for whatever reason. Yeah. It was a, an emotional block. Yeah. They just couldn't get their heads, hands, head wrapped around it. So Yeah, the folks spent a couple of minutes on something that's related here. When some folks would say, I'm going to sell my house, downsize, clear off the mortgage and live someplace else. Folks, if you've got a $500,000 house and a $200,000 mortgage, I guess you have $300,000 left after you sell. If you were living in a $500,000 house, how do you f- how are you going to feel living in a $300,000 right, house? Right. What's that going to look like? Okay. Right. And I think my point is that for those people who might have a choice, da- da- downsizing and taking money off the table and squaring away your lifestyle. I've been in this business for 42 years and there have been precious few people who have been happy if they had to go from a house that was this price down yeah. to a house that was that. Folks, nobody wants to own a less desirable home than they were in retirement for whatever the reasons are. And so I guess my point is that actually, if you don't have a mortgage, that's one thing. But you're still, or if you're going to sell your $500,000 house and you have five hundred. Maybe you need 200 in the bank to live and you still right. buy a th- So there's some right. folks that the downsizing is a, an option, but I don't think it works for most people. If it has to be because it has to be and you don't have a choice about it, I understand and it'll work because it has to. But if you have any kind of a choice about it, a reverse mortgage might look a whole lot better than a $300,000 yeah. house if you're selling a $500,000 one. That, that's all. Yeah. And thing. when I meet with people, if a lot of times we will compare selling versus staying and doing a reverse. Yeah. We can sell and take a reverse out of the next house or, st- or stay and do a reverse in the existing house. 
I would say about 90% of the people, Mike, pick, yeah. stay. Yeah. yeah. Because my average age of my clients is about 71. I have clients in their 80s. Really? So okay, yeah. Okay. I have a lot of clients in their 60s, too, and 62 when they take it out. But most people are 71 or older on average. And they, I'd say about 90% of them, when we talk about selling versus staying, they said rather stay. Yeah. So we, but I always bring that up as an option because it's my responsibility to talk about all the various options. Yeah, we're very clear about folks in that situation. Go shopping and go take a look at $300,000 houses, 400, oh, the math is folks, but go take an actual look and a walkthrough right. with a realtor, three or four or five of those houses yep. and tell us what you think. And the news, the news is just not good. Some folks are absolutely shocked. Right. Okay, when you take a look at the difference in the call. You know, people, if they have a choice, they buy a smaller, better appointed home than they were living in before right. with more conveniences, right. et cetera. That, folks, so the downsizing to get your equity might work. We won't if you have a choice. Right. If you don't have a choice, it has to work. Right. And that's just right. kind of the way it is. Yeah. I think the refinancing and doing another mortgage, you still have a mortgage. I right. mean, it's, the cost might have got a little less, but it, right. you still got a clock ticking. Th people are worried enough about the situation refinancing, especially with higher rates, pr probably isn't going to save them anything. Everybody's in a, anybody who did refinance is probably in a low interest rate loan. Right now. If you have to refinance, if I'll just do another 30, I got 10 years left on my mortgage, I'll do a refinance and do another one. Ma math might not work given where rates are. So I, I think because of the rising interest rates, okay, and inflation, inflation takes house prices higher, that's not good. So those are options and just plugging reverse mortgages is at least put them in the lineup, folks. That's yeah, right. Yeah, just get them on base and see what you think about it. Just thing. consider yeah, it. It's yeah. just a consider. Just get educated, yeah. especially if you're a planner yeah. and you're out there. Don't disregard your housing wealth because there's a that's why there's 11.58 trillion. Yeah. A lot of times people are told to disregard your housing wealth. Yeah. Don't disregard it. Just learn. Learn it from a certified reverse mortgage professional yeah. who's local. They'll yeah. teach you pros and the cons, yeah. and they'll provide recommendations based on the right person would do it as if you were their own family. Because it's just how I conduct myself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so just don't do these things long distance. I've seen so many nightmares. The people answer the television ad, and they do this from afar. Yeah. And no one sees the property. No one really goes through all the alternatives. They just assume they want to do it and yeah. send them a packet. Yeah. So you really got to sit down and like you said, yeah. when we've worked with your clients, yeah. me and you have been in the same room yeah. discussing all the different options and we figured it out together and you being a quarterback because yeah. they're your client. You, here, here are the options, here are the pluses right. and minuses, whatever. Yeah, a couple other things. On, on, so on the home equity line of credit, yeah, sure, that's another. A HELOC is an option. You still have a mortgage balance that you got to pay off sometime, okay? Right. And that sometime is... 10 years, no no longer than 10 years, and it might help, but it's a delay, the thing. One of the things, too, Mike, yeah. too, that I want to talk about is yeah. people, you can take a reverse mortgage out, right, and you can make payments. Yeah. So, in other words, you could switch your mortgage that has a $2,000 a month mortgage payment on it, yeah. put it into a reverse and continue making your payment yeah. if everything's going fine. Yeah. If you want to have the balance go down just as, it was, as if it was still on your regular mortgage, yeah. make the payment. Yeah. However, if you're 62 or older, there's far more variables, right? Yep. We could get diagnosed with something. We could lose a spouse. Yep. We can lose a job. So having it in the reverse mortgage as a retired person, yep. if things come up while you're making the payment, you get to just say, this 
loan we're in doesn't require a payment. Yeah, and by the way, if you ha- do have a disaster that hits you, you won't qualify for a refinance. You won't or qualify for refinance. Yeah, you, that won't be an option. So it's just a safer strategy yeah, to be in a loan where yeah. you can make a choice to make up yeah. all your own repayment terms. Yeah. Yeah. And if you skip it for a year and yeah. things get better next year, start yeah. making the payment again. Yeah. That's the beauty of a reverse mortgage. It doesn't require monthly principal and interest payments. But as the homeowner, you can make up your own payment terms on a mortgage, and there's no other mortgage that allows you to make the repayment terms up on your own because we have to make the payment the first of every month without exception. Try skipping three, yeah. and you could be facing you know, the, la- the last thing I can think of, and this is what, and that happens f- fairly regularly, is, well, I'm, I'll sell my house, pay off the mortgage, and uh, pay for an addition with one of my kids in the house. Okay. That gets interesting is how I I will say (laughs) that. To say the least. I've seen that too. Sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't, I guess, the thing. It's it's definitely an option. So we've just got a minute or two. So how about you do some pearls of wisdom closing comments and I promise I won't talk. So go go for it till you hear the music. How's that sound? Okay. I would just say this. Just if you're a 62 or older and want to stay in your home long term, you're approaching retirement, whether you're... You don't want to be in a financial crisis, but let's say you're in a financial crisis, you're not in a financial crisis, you're a middle class or you're affluent. If you're 62 and older and want to stay in that house long term, get educated on it. You might find something about this loan where it might enhance your portfolio as a buffer asset. I'm just, I can't stress enough, just get educated on it. That's all. That's my closing statements is just simply <laughs> there aren't enough people that will just pull the trigger, Mike, to learn about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And if a lot of people learned about it, there was a mandatory class that everyone 62 and older had to do it. I think that 1.3 million would probably be around 10 million yeah. in five years. Yeah. And that's just because you know, the old saying is when you don't know what you don't know, you just carry on. <laughs> and so that that's all I will say. And if folks yeah. have any questions for yeah. me, best way to reach me is 617-797-3277. Again, 617-797-3277. Or they can go to my website at homesteadreversemortgages.com. All right. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for being here again. And uh, folks, I hope you had a good time and learned a few things today. My name is Mike McNamara, and have a great week. Take care.